Dr. Catherine Elsa Krebs. I'm a social scientist who's been researching sustainable lifestyles for a decade. I have published in top academic journals and I'm ready to stop writing for other academics and share what I've learned about responses to the climate crisis. I also want to share what I've learned about writing along the way because I absolutely love writing and I want to inspire others, especially academics, to get unstuck and to become magical agents of social change. Today's podcast perhaps begins with a bit of a rant, but it's really about why one of my favorite phrases is to follow the fun. And this came up recently again when I was in a group of academics and I realized how angry it makes me when people say, oh, I'm doing it because someone told me I need to do it for my CV or I have to do it for promotion or if or just the classic phase, phrase, publish or perish, or I can't do the writing I want to do because I need to do something that's high impact for REF, which is the research excellence framework in the UK that is a very motivating concern for many academics. And I am so sick and tired of it. I just want to say to anyone who is using that phrase, for other people, especially in academia, where they're like, do it for your CV. Like, stop it. I think it's patronizing and it's lazy. And in my experience, it was coming from obviously people who are trying to give you useful advice. They're caring about you, but also it kind of can come from like your director of teaching. So some of your managers. And this is one of the problems I think in academia is that during your PhD, at least in the social sciences, you're trained to be like this thought leader that you need to be able to stand alone and have all your own ideas. And then when you start working as part of a team in a faculty or department, and there's a lot of things that have to be delivered, you like collectively, right? Teaching is something that's done collectively quite often, or there's a lot of different, just like service roles that you might play like running or being part of the ethical committee and uh, doing other things that might be about equality diversity and inclusivity and those don't really fit with all the training you've got to become this exceptional leader who can really think for themselves I almost feel like it's like you're we're being trained to be like kids with these toys and usually in society, we would want people, kids to be really good at sharing their toys and, you know, not getting fixated on um, what's theirs. And we would value that kind of, again, collective play. But I think academia t teaches you over several years to like make your own toy and it better be the best toy because it's going to contribute <laughs> to academic knowledge and you wouldn't want anyone else to steal it from you. They might, you know, see a part of it and innovate and take your idea away. So you hide it and you hold it tight and you don't let anyone see. And you also put a lot of like your own value and self-worth into just like how great that toy is. I actually am imagining a doll. <laughs> um, maybe mine would be a doll. And so actually we're learning a lot not to share and... I guess that feels 
like, again, the opposite of something that's often a societal value. And so it's no wonder that, you know, our director of teacher has to come and try to cajole us to like give up our toy or, you know, um, play with everyone else. And I think the easiest, again, laziest explanation for that is like, do it for like, this will look good on your CV. If you do this lecture, or if you are part of this board, it'll look good on your CV. Ugh, I have to say, I don't think anything I've done that has felt particularly impactful, or maybe I should just reverse that. The best things I've done in life have just been because I wanted to do them. Like I either thought it was going to be fun or it just felt right to me. I was passionate about the issue. I just wanted to do it. Like in some ways, uh, I might come back to that another podcast. You know, I didn't feel like I even need to be paid for it. I just, there was a lot of volunteering I did around uh, sustainability projects in my town. Like, oh my gosh, the fact that other people might want to repair bikes with me uh, and that we could create a rental scheme where we like we might have a hundred bikes annually that we fix and we help lots of other students get their bikes fixed uh I was so excited that I could make that change happen like you didn't need to pay me for that you didn't need to tell me it would look good on my cv I didn't really care I really wanted to do it and so I've I think what I've gotten from coaching is that You need to know your own values and what you get fired up about, what you feel passionate about, what makes you feel good, what's fun. So that it doesn't really matter if someone comes and asks you to do something and then tries to tell you it's good for your CV or like you better do it, publish or perish. What a sad motivation, perishing um, versus just like, I really enjoy doing this thing. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Or you again, you know, well, no, I don't enjoy that thing. Like, and again, I think your values, sometimes we do things that we might not really enjoy, but like, if you know the why of doing it, like one of my values is community and communication and connection. And so there will be times where I might do something. And I know that that's, that's the reason. Um, so I would say that actually often when I've started to focus on following the fun I am getting a lot of the results that people are referring to like wanting in ref for instance like actually doing a paper that uh, because I was just enjoying it then it um, might be higher quality and and actually get into a higher journal Um, but for me an example that recently felt like it was really I don't want to say vindicated, but it was like I saw the longer term impact of it was um, I was working with industry and they told me about a data set and they started kind of sharing this data set of interviews they had. And once I saw it, I was like, oh, my gosh, like people, uh, this will really benefit the field. So it was about uh, reusable packaging and why companies don't invest in reusable packaging. I was like, I haven't seen this in the academic literature. Like this is really interesting data because often, uh, you don't get interviews actually with companies and, uh, like anyway, reusable packaging, a lot of it's sadly, there's actually not that many practical case studies with industry. A lot of the focus is on what customers should be doing or, or aren't doing. Um, and so I just was, I, I just did it 
I literally did do it for fun. I was like, this would be an interesting data set to work with and see what the literature is saying and, and how those two things align. And I worked on it two hours a week uh, in my women's network writing group. And I had a paper, a pretty solid paper within three to four months. And I have to say that you know, I've been working in this field for 10 years, so it's quite common at an academic conference that people know your work and your writing. Uh, I don't think that's probably that surprising. Hopefully in 10 years you have published and you found your kind of community, so people will know who you are. So that doesn't surprise me anymore, but I was at an industry event and I ended up writing down my name. Uh, someone asked for my email and then they got all excited. They're like, oh my gosh, I've read your paper. It helped us design our reusable packaging scheme. And that felt amazing. And that was, again, I, I wrote a paper for fun. It probably made it more fun to read. It made, it meant I didn't have to spend time trying to motivate myself to get going with it. Like every time I sat down with my two hours, I was like, yeah, I'm ready. I want this to get out in the world. And so I think it is really valuable to lean into, again, what your values are. <clears throat> My voice is going. <clears throat> and what you enjoy. And this is one of the exercises that has helped me come to, again, be able to follow what it is that I want. So we tend to get frustrated when we spend time on things that are unconsciously important to us, but not consciously important to us. And this is an exercise that's about gaining clarity on what your values are in order to add another tool that helps you support and take, you know, powerful decision making. So values are our inner orientation systems and they provide motivation for what you do in life and our values are the things that impact the meaning we make from the world they're the things that affect our decisions so if it's a value to you you're going to spend your time energy and money on it and if it's not you're not going to so again being told it's good for your cv it's just not that motivating if it's not lining up with one of your values values are traditionally single words or short phrases and they're not concrete things so a book is not a value, that's a thing, but a book can offer me entertainment, personal growth, or education, and those are values. And so uh, other values, I'm going to list some because when I've done this exercise with clients, sometimes it's they're starting from places that are maybe again more of that duty of like what are the things I maybe should value and maybe they're not very much fun so I'm going to share some of my own as well so values are things like love family health intimacy joy wealth abundance harmony vitality fun adventure flow expertise equality connection and rest and so when you elicit values, you can understand why you're creating a lot of the results and like the actions you're taking in your life and also what might be stopping you from getting the results or taking the actions that you want to be taking. So this exercise asks you to think about where you are in your life right now or where you'd like to be and what you spend the most time, energy and money on. So you ask yourself, what's important to me in the context of my life? 
and you write down all those words and you make sure they're not things like books and instead they're values like personal growth. And then when you stop and you run out of stuff, you ask it again. What is important to me in the context of my life? And when you come to another stopping point, you ask again and you ask, what am I spending the most time, energy or money on? And then you think through a typical day and week. Did you miss something? Again, that you might be spending your time, energy or money on. What is important to you in the context of your life? And then this was my favorite step because this was something I've done a quite a bit of value work, but uh, this exercise actually encourages you to rank them in the order of importance. And I end up quite often kind of grouping things together. And so then we can start to see there, if there's a bit of a hierarchy, um, there might be conflicting values. There might be times, right, where I was saying, you know, connection and community are important to me. They're probably important to most humans. Um, but actually, one of my top values that I've grouped a few together are expertise, flow, and ritual. So if I'm asked to take on perhaps like too many admin roles at work, or maybe I should be more specific, um, if I'm asked to come give a talk, I don't immediately say yes, because I do have a value around community and connection, but I also really value Flow for me is very related to writing. I really protect my writing time, usually every morning. And I think there's an expertise that comes from showing up every day. And so I might, I'm going to be more likely to say no to something, especially if uh, there's a lot of other kind of community connection things on my calendar, if I just don't think I have space. So sometimes those values can be in conflict. And I think actually having the hierarchy can just like give you clarity of like, oh no, this one's higher. I'm going to prioritize it. Or sometimes again, you are clear like, okay, actually I'm willing to, I don't want to say compromise that value, but I'm willing to like let this other value um, come into play at this time. And it just feels better because you feel this intentionality to those choices as well. Um, I would recommend that this is an exercise that you like, you write it down and then you revisit it because you know, things kind of can change in the moment. And I've definitely had mine, my values, I've kind of reoriented them at times, or sometimes I've heard different words. I'm like, oh, yes, like, uh, one of my values is rest. But I also just like the phrase, the joy of missing out, which is from the book 2000 weeks, uh, which is really, really good. If anyone wants something that talks to them about time management, and isn't just going to tell them to try to cram more in. <laughs> um, but yeah, the joy of missing out, like it's nice to go, actually, I'm missing out on this thing, but that feels really joyful because I know again why I did it and because it's allowing me to, for instance, continue writing. Um, the other activity that I found really, 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 really helpful on this comes from my career coach. Uh, thank you, Hannah. And this is related to thinking about your values at work. And so Hannah, <laughs> she asked for you to um, think about having the opportunity to do any job anywhere in the world for three months, and it wouldn't affect your family, your relationships, your finance, your CV, and it wouldn't have any long-term impact on your life. What would you choose to do? So try to visualize yourself in that job and think about what it would entail 
And then again, you try to like pull that back into uh, what would it get you, which is kind of to do with a value or kind of a task. So the example that she gave us was um, being a diving instructor. And this meant she would get to teach lots of people and work with people from all sorts of different backgrounds. And so like what it would get you is like learning and teaching others. That might be a category. Uh, and maybe like being in control. It feels like there's a lot of control in this job, for instance. And so you do that same activity three times. You get to imagine you're the, just like a fun job you would do anywhere in the world for three months. And it doesn't affect you know any of your relationships money again your cv what would you do like i've liked that question i've used that question a lot but this one takes it that step further so once you have a list and i think usually sometimes there's like the same sorts of things that come up um like being in control or um again you might say that you really like working with people in certain ways maybe it's about teaching you lump those all together and those become your career values. And then the next step, which is like the most amazing part about this, is you can rate your current role one to 10 for each of those attributes and see how well your current job is meeting what you want. So you now actually have, again, like a, a rubric to help guide you. So again, when someone like a manager or a colleague comes in and offers you something that you can do you can go oh yeah that could up this thing that I value or no that's not on my list no thanks um and then the final step with this one is to ask yourself okay like what would a 10 out of a 10 look for that for that value in my job so um so one of the jobs that came up for me, well, the first one, it's probably a little bit strange, but um, I, I guess actually that's why it's been really fun to do this activity with people, just like what they come up with. Uh, for me, one of my, one of those dream things I would go do for three months, and I've wanted to do this uh, since I worked in Yellowstone uh, 11 years ago, is go in the winter and be one of the people who snow shovels the roof at the old faithful hotel i don't know why but to me this just sounds like i think it would be beautiful the snow and the animals and the geysers and i also just have this image that it would give me this like real silence and peace and focus to write and so what i see that as giving me is it probably sounds like a leap to others but just that i could have a platform to start sharing more social science social climate science recommendations and I suppose there was also just that freedom and quiet that would come with it and so I started looking for how I could improve that in my current job which I actually did this exercise in May so about five months ago and, you know, maybe the podcast is something that's uh, kind of emerged from seeing how important that value was for me to like really start finding the time to write for broader audiences and find a way to communicate outside of academia. And so I started taking steps towards it. 
Um, I also noted down like wanting to be a columnist. And again, that's really is about having that platform. It's about having some accountability and getting to learn from skilled editors. So I've also uh, taken a lot of steps to find and create that structure for myself. Like I'm taking more writing classes that uh, enable me to get feedback every two weeks from a published author. And also um, I took like a pitch class. So I started to learn how do I, how do I pitch my pieces to magazines and uh, news outlets? And again, that can give me more exposure to editors. So I realized that that was within my control in my current job. Like I could push some of my resources and some of my time to improving that. So instead of maybe being unaware that that was really important to me, by doing this activity, I realized what I wanted from a job. And sometimes this activity could lead you to want to look for a different job. Because maybe when you rank those those different values out of 10, most of them are, you know, really low. That might then help you see what it is that you are looking for in a job. So uh, my career coach, Hannah, also recommended when you look at um, job adverts, you can actually like highlight them and see if they align with your own values. And you could rank a, a job advert one out of 10 on your value list as well, which I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been looking for for a few years. I thought, I thought it was really, really, really great task. So I hope that this is helpful in thinking about instead of, again, getting caught up in it'll look good on your CV or, you know, just do things for reasons that bring you joy and get you excited because, I mean, life's too short in many ways, but also it's just going to be easier. It's so much easier. And from my experience, has a bigger impact if you just follow the fun.